Welcome to the Captivating Leadership Podcast with Rebecca Livesey, where we explore the rise of feminine energy in life, leadership and business. This podcast is for you if you are a leader in business and corporate and you're struggling to find meaning in what you do and how you engage your team. So join us as we talk all things leadership, strategy and culture and how we value both the feminine and the masculine in men, women and society at large to make a difference in our workplaces. In this podcast, we are joined again by the fabulous Nikki Miklos-Woodley, and we're talking about feminine and feminist. We think we've got an identity crisis in the world right now, where we don't want to be labelled as feminine because it's seen as weak, and we don't want to be labelled as feminist because it's seen as militant. So Nikki and I are going to have a conversation around, do we need the masculine energy within us to get the feminine off the ground? And what do we do with this identity crisis? Also, how do we resolve things in the feminine? There's lots of evidence when we go to fight and win that we resolve in the masculine. But what does resolution in the feminine look like? This is a fascinating conversation that's really relevant in the world right now. So I hope you enjoy it. Nikki, I have got to talk to you about this conversation I was having the other day with some like young young women, because obviously I'm really old. So young women. Oh my gosh, tell me, <laughs> tell me more. So the... Um, it's really interesting. We were talking about feminists and feminism. And it's, I'm finding that there's lots of young women out there that don't resonate with the word feminist, mm. or they would never say, I am a feminist. And, and I've got to say, I'm, I, I was really similar when I was younger. Mm. And I remember talking to an older lady, like mental lady of mine, and saying, I, I don't like that word. I would never associate with that word. Yeah. And she was like, horrified because she'd lived through all of that and been part of it and all of that um and I said I don't like it because it's militant that's what it to me it was conjuring up militantness militantness yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I was talking to these young women and they felt similarly I thought okay this is interesting so I said okay uh how about the word feminine mm. and they're like no don't like that either it's weak it's um you know it doesn't it doesn't have any power it doesn't have any impact um and it just got me thinking that we've we've got um, you know a generation or, or so of young women where feminist doesn't work because it's too militant and maybe dysfunctionally masculine in their heads, yeah. and feminine doesn't work because it feels dysfunctionally feminine or what yeah. our association of what feminine means. So do we have an identity crisis with women um, knowing well how what am I how do I describe myself and am I okay to be the extremes or not mm. and I'm wondering if there's an unconscious issue there mm. in the world about how we use labels and what these things mean so yeah. don't know, what do you yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah and no, I definitely resonate with that what a, what an interesting conversation to have and I know even myself the word feminist and uh, growing up it can be such quite a hard blind masculine mm connotation to it and there's a lot of negativity lot, you know yeah. people I think women and uh, have really copped a lot for being a feminist yeah. in the past but you know what sits behind that is such an incredible and important movement mm. and I also think that you know there was a sense of masculine energy that needed to be attached to that yes. to bring it to the forefront because if we didn't have that masculine energy driving it you know the burning of the bras etc that's yeah. you know that's pretty masculine energy but if we didn't have that driving it to the forefront we wouldn't actually be having those conversations and have had mm. how fascinating though because yes okay really important uh actions that were taken to to have this topic 
brought to the forefront. Yeah. And now we're at the point where where's the shift and where's the change? Yeah. And what is that? Yeah. I, I agree. It makes sense that the, the, the identity crisis is a great way to explain it. Mm. And what does that look like? Because if feminine isn't the way to go, like I mentioned, we talk to people sometimes about feminine energy and they cringe. Mm. You talk to people about feminism and they cringe. Yeah. So what's the solution? Yeah. And this, yeah, again, it goes back to meaning of words again that we, yeah, we've talked does. about a lot, but we do get societal meanings for words and we, and we do our best to change some of yeah. that. Um, I'm fascinated by the fact that we needed to, as you say, be masculine to get the feminism off the ground because we had to fight for something. Yes. And so we had to fight, which generally brings in the yeah. masculine energy. And yeah. I don't know whether there's ever an answer to this, but I'd love to know when something resolves, I won't say wins, but yeah. something resolves through using feminine energy or are we just destined as a species to always resolve everything through some sort of fight be it literal fight or word fight a um, political fight you know whether that's something that's going to be our that's just the making of being a human or other ways that we can resolve through the feminine and I also wonder then, is it the stage that we're in? So mm. if we look at tribal cycles or life cycles, there's a sense of survival, then there's a sense of tribe, a uh, sense of uniqueness, et cetera. But as we progress through the different stages, yeah. there is also a sense of oneness. And, yeah. you know, is that where we're on our way to? And perhaps where we're at at the moment is a shift. It's like yeah, maybe. Yeah. what's been in the past. And, there's like, you know, what it's like an awakening that perhaps – what we have defined as feminine, and I, I mean, we're very, very broad mm. because nothing has meaning but the meaning of it. <laughs> yeah. So what a lot of society has defined as feminine in the masculine and too hard is now shifting and changing. So perhaps the identity crisis needs to happen mm. so we as a society can redefine what, what does that look like and what is that? Mm. And in essence, it is an awakening of the feminine in both men and women, male and female. Yes. Uh, you know, there's so many conversations if we flip it over to look at I mean, the, the suicide rates in yeah. men are so high because one of the reasons, again, generalizing, <laughs> uh, they're not embracing their vulnerability and being in touch with their emotions. Mm. And as children, they're not, they're not allowed. It's beaten out of them. Mm. There's, I was watching actually a, Frasier. <laughs> I love that show. I didn't actually watch it when it was live on air, you know, yeah. in the day. But now I watch back. It is fascinating because some of the dads, I think it might have been quite groundbreaking in the time. I don't know. But some of the comments that the dad makes yeah. are so politically incorrect yeah. for today. And, you know, it makes a feminist or feminine, you know, cringe. However, we've had to go through that to get to where we are now. And mm. it's creating those new definitions and, yeah, there is a brilliant documentary on Netflix called The Mask We Live In about how um, what happens to men when emotions are suppressed as a young boy. Mm. And it just, it, it talks to uh, prison populations and, and things like that. Wow. Um, and it made my heart hurt to yeah. watch it because it just thought, what are we doing to little boys that yeah. that then creates this? So I think you're right. I think this, um, mm. I, think, I think the shame um, with feminism is that we have somehow let it be be seen as divisive when it's not mm. so like feminism is equality like yes. it's, it's it's trying to get a better world for all of us yes um and i think unfortunately because it just has the word femme in it yes. or something it's just seen as driving women's rights which is yes. how it started out absolutely. yes that's right but it's now societal yeah um and yeah i just i i think we we do have an issue with how we then like 
label ourselves or resonate mm. so I am now I've got no problems calling myself a feminist but no problem yes. with that at all because yes. I know for me the meaning is around how we yeah. get better outcomes for society yes. and I truly believe that part of that is how we value the feminine yeah so yeah absolutely and feminism is equality and I suppose now the conversation is about around the balance of both yeah and I, maybe the definition wasn't a feminism wasn't equality in the past. I know technically, yes, mm. but again, it was so focused on female. Mm. So, you know, now fast forward, we're at the point where it's really shifting to equality. And it is, it, what's a, I love what you just said about the shame in mm. the feminine. What I think is also a real shame is that we allow labels to hold us back from embracing. Yeah. Because, again, I know I've referenced it, but when you talk to, say, um, a very dysfunctional male about feminine energy, they'll just shut the doors mm. and won't let you. So they're letting a word, a label of a word, stop them embracing a full life mm. and fully who they are because it's in them. It's in all of us, isn't it? It is. Do you know what's interesting? When I first started doing all of this, I had people saying to me and feeding back to me, um, you probably need to change the name. You probably need to mm. stop talking about masculine and feminine. And I'm like, well, why? Mm. Well, because, you know, feminine doesn't go down very well with lots of people. I went, that to me is why I'm calling it feminine yeah. energy because if we can't have these conversations about why that's an issue, yeah. like why is it an issue to be labeled feminine? Yeah. Like, and the fact that that's even like seen as a bad word or a word yeah. with negative connotation, yeah. that's an issue for me. And it brings yeah. to the front um, why we have to have these conversations. Mm. The, um, a little bit of a sidebar, I went to a, um, a lunch the other, the other week and the CEO of Screen Queensland was speaking um, and she was talking about the issues that we have in film and TV representation. So I think loads of people will have heard of stuff like the Bechdel test where we uh, like the conversations that women have in films generally are don't move the plot forward and they're generally yeah. about men, something like that. Um, and she was talking one step further. She was talking about, well, what do we see in children's films and TV? And um, we have a severe underrepresentation of girls appearing. And when girls do appear, their conversation is inconsequential to the plot. Wow. Or they don't say anything. So boys get the conversation that moves things forward. Even more than that, looking at representation, and this just blows my mind. And I'd never seen this or thought about it, which again makes even knowing all of this i didn't see this she said look at finding nemo there's one female fish in the sea i didn't even see that myself i loved it yeah i love underwater that's actually one of our favorite cartoons yeah. but do you know what i i have never the scary thing about that is i've never ever even noticed mm. or considered that Yes. Wow. I know, it's crazy. And then That is crazy. And maybe you can excuse that with unconscious bias and people not seeing stuff, maybe. But this one is so deliberate, it blew my mind. Um, oddball. So Oddball is the story of the penguin dogs. So the dogs mm -hmm. that, I think they're sheep herders or something, but they... Um, they discovered that they would look after the fairy penguins on an island down in, I think it's Victoria, to protect them from foxes. And it's a true story, and it's a beautiful film. And if you like mm -hmm. dogs, it's really worth a watch. Um, and in the real-life story, the dog was female. And in the film, the dog was male. Now, <laughs> so that's, Why would they do that? <laughs> deliberate, you know, there has to be a deliberate choice wow. in that for some reason, yeah. whatever it is. So... So, yes, we 
we know in this podcast we like to talk about masculine feminine energy and not not the gender the challenge we've got is that when it when it's in gender we don't tell the feminine stories yeah so when we start like doing all of these things where we're not representing gender fairly it means we're not representing feminine stories in men or women yeah. or boys or girls yeah um so there's a lot of work that's that's improved this so there's a lot of talk about the female protagonists that we've got out there so you know wonder woman of recent yeah we've got lots of more lead women in films yeah. um however the female protagonists are still taking on masculine roles. Yes. So they're winning through battles and yes. stuff like that. And yes. yes, entertaining, love them all. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I asked the question, well, when do we, when will we see feminine stories yeah. having a resolution? So we're not winning through masculine energy. We are winning, inverted commas, or resolving yes. through <laughs> feminine energy. When will we see that in, yeah. in films? Um, and a lot of the the answer came that that um, I think her name's Tracy came back and saying, "Well, we are because we're not doing anything early on. We are not getting um, girls in into TV. We're not getting mm-hmm. female writers. All of these things. We're not telling the feminine stories. So we don't have a lot of wow, how to mm-hmm. resolve in the feminine. Yeah. Which I thought again, wow, we're yeah. so we've got an identity issue there potentially yeah. too. And so we wouldn't even know, in a way, we wouldn't even know how to resolve in the feminine space. Yes. And, and, you know, what message is this sending, not just to our youth, but also to us, you mm-hmm. know, every age and generation. And you're right, because it's very much, uh, even when there are lead women, uh, it's very masculine driven. Yes. For the outcome. I can't, you know, I also, it begs the question with, the, with the example of oddball mm. and, and the female male dog, I mean, you know, I, you have to wonder, like, what is the purpose? And I wonder if there is research that's done or why they're yeah. doing this and why they continue to. The other thing is, is we can often think, yeah, we're moving forward, we're moving ahead, uh, equality, we're getting more of that. Mm. However, you know, when you realise that there's one female fish in Finding <laughs> Nemo, that's pretty upsetting and that's just taking us right back. I know. So how far forward are we really moving? Yeah. Which is why, again, yes, we do have to talk about feminine masculine energy, but it's still, it is still a gender conversation as well. Yeah. And how much broader and wider and better can we make the conversation through embracing both? Mm. Really, I guess it, it is, is where we're at at the moment. Whilst we work through this identity crisis and redefine and um, this shift, you know, yes. in, in where we're at. The, um, I posted a question in my Facebook group about films and said mm. what films have resolved through feminine yes. energy, just what's out there. And so there are some we came up with. We think things like Dead Poets, yep. it's very much a feminine energy, full of guys, yeah. full of men, but yeah. it was very Wonderful. much a feminine energy um, film. Um, there's things like... Oh, Sisterhood of the Yaya Traveling Pants. I, I, <laughs> I never watched that one, to be honest. <laughs> but that's very like, yeah. it's very feminine. Shakala came up as oh, a yes. feminine energy one. Um, yep. More recently, um, the Moana um, uh, cartoon, oh, what do you call it? animation. Okay. Because yeah. it was about a, a girl taking on a chieftain role and, and fighting for her tribe, but it was very much. Um, there was less fight fighting in it. Yeah. It was more like, how does she grow into herself to do this? So that was, that was quite good. Yeah. Um, the one I think that really nails it most recently is the film called Arrival. I don't oh, know if you've seen that one. Not but yet. it's where um, alien pod things come yeah. and they sort of land and they, they're, these big, they're like big diamond shape and they're hovering over different points on the earth. 
and they look like big squid and they seem to draw mm-hmm. with ink. <laughs> and Sounds fascinating. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the interesting part is they looked, well, how, how do they communicate? And so they got this linguist to oh. come and try and work out what the patterns of communication were in this squid ink drawings that they did. Yeah. And the, the whole theme was around communication, trust, working with wow. them. And the woman was trusting that they weren't there with negative intent. It was trusting that they were there to do something and communicate yes. something and work with them. And yes, they took it to gender. The woman was the linguist and then the man was the people that wanted to bomb them and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the resolution was more around feminine, which I thought was great. And it was such a good film from that perspective. Yes. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, I'm watching a feminine Everybody energy resolution. <laughs> Absolutely. And I also wonder then what the ratings on those Because yeah. that's the other thing, you know, because what's driving it. So it'd be interesting to see even with those types of movies, um, and there's been some good good reviews for those types of yeah. movies as well. So if, if people are interested and curious and it's still entertaining for them, then, you know, why can we not do more of that? And Absolutely. like you mentioned, you know, Tracy had said that there's not as many female writers. Or, mm. So how do we in, encourage more of that? Absolutely. Yeah. And that well, just... it sounds like you were entertained, so that's good. <laughs> well, I just <laughs> literally looked it up on IMDb, yeah. eight which great. is a really high score. Fantastic. So, okay, great. So there's hope. There's that's hope. what I'm hearing. Oh, yeah, there's, there's hope. Aliens. Okay. <laughs> there's hope for alien movies. <laughs> you know, feminine energy. Absolutely. And I just think this, um, it just makes me wonder how much we are unconsciously suppressing parts of ourselves, yeah. um, parts of the feminine. Um, probably more so in women than men, but I think men suppress their feminine too, as we've, we've yes. talked about. Yes. Um, because I remember when I was growing up, uh, my first job out of uni, I remember, so I would say in my 20s, I was really masculinized about what I thought achievement was and about what I thought striving was and success and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I specifically remember driving to my job and I used to have to drive for an hour up the motorway in the UK. And um, I used to, it was fact, I used to do a whole lot of work in a factory. So um uh, it was early starts, like 6am starts, that sort of stuff. So I would get there and I'd be driving up the motorway and everyone around me in the queues or the, on the motorway were all men in their cars. Mm. And I remember calling my mum and saying, um, basically something along the lines of like, I'm an awesome female because look, I'm the only woman that's driving on the motorway wow. at 6am to get to work. Like, look at me, how amazing am I? Yeah. And I say that now and it just, it like, I feel a little ill saying that to you right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of what I thought success was. And also the diminishing that I did of other women, mm. because I was saying, this is what achievement looks like. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm first, I'm going to work early. I'm you know, yes. driving with all of the guys. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, wow, that's, that's how I was in my twenties. It was yeah. about like what, that's what success was. Yeah. Um, and when you when you looked around though that's also what you saw yes so you know what are the influences and the and the role models like we've talked about with different movies mm. etc uh to help you define what that looks like or believe or see yeah. what that looks like yeah, yeah. so it's, yeah it's crazy and I think it was only I, I so I did all of the usual things I like shot at the organization I had to get the car I had to get the money I had to yeah. you know, achieve 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 and I did all that fairly young and I got to about the age of 26 and thought oh what else <laughs> for what purpose yes for, for what purpose um and it was only really uh, i know working around i used to get angry and shout at people i used to be yeah. hard, 
call that oh, slide. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, so I can't imagine that. <laughs> oh, it's like the polar opposite <laughs> to but what I you was, are now. <laughs> I was not happy, yeah. not happy. And I think I was very stressed. And yeah. the um, I only really, you know, we say rediscover ourselves or whatever, yeah. um, in my 30s when I sort of like took breaks from what was traditional and decided to really focus on what it was I wanted out mm-hmm. of life. And that's when we ended up moving to Australia. Yep. Um, and I ended up setting up my business because I realised that, people were what made me tick like understanding people and getting people to reach their potential and like having some sort of legacy that we all build together that's what made me tick yeah which was so much more feminine yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) um and I think there must have been a lot that you had to almost let go of though to have that transition Mm, yes because that that is literally the polar opposite that's the, the dysfunctional masculine to functional feminine mm, ego was what I had to let yeah. go of, which was very much around well, what, uh, who am I if I don't have a traditionally successful job? Yes. Oh, oh, oh that's a whole other oh, topic, isn't who it? Who am I if I don't, um, if I'm not the best at work or jobs or whatever out of all the people I know? Yeah. All of that stuff was what yes. I had to give up. So competition, yeah. which of course is driven by the ego and, yeah. and, and that winning. It can and, be functional, yeah. but yes. there wasn't yeah. really in my case comparison. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, comparison is comparison yeah. the thief of joy. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, um, someone has also said to me before, you know, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think I'm I'll playing. be happy when I'm right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't have both of them. Yeah. Let go of being right, yeah. absolutely. And being really curious about the wonders in the world rather yes. than like trying to control the world. Yeah, absolutely. Which it comes back to, and we haven't touched really on the curiosity, but mm. it, it is the exploration yeah, and the variety and the challenge of, you know, yeah, everyday life and, and breaking down those barriers. Mm. And, yeah, And I think a lot of what I was doing as well is that um, I wanted to reject the traditional female role of mm. being um, a stay-at-home mum. So I, I've never wanted children and, and yeah. I don't have children. The, um, but I didn't ever want to have that role. But I was I demonised it as opposed to go, actually, that's a, like now it's a huge, I see it as a massive value-added society that we completely diminish as a society. Mm. And so, we, you know, it's, it's the devaluing of the feminine again. So they stay-at-home parents, whether they're, mass- whether they're men or women, yeah. get they get so much shit yeah um and their careers suffer and all of this stuff yeah. so there's a whole piece there where we haven't valued family and parenthood yeah because we've devalued care which is yes. feminine yeah it, that's an interesting point that you make around rejecting the female role mm. as well uh because i can definitely resonate with that from a spiritual point right of, you know being too hippie oh okay. yeah at that airy fairy sort of a hippie um and I don't mean any disrespect to anybody at all because that's very much a part of who I am is that deeply spiritually Mm. in a feminine you know practicing sort of a way um that can be deemed those things and and given those things that there was a rejection there right you know I need to be more corporate I need to be Uh more and fit into a certain role as I grew up as well actually in my 20s yeah and letting go of that it's only really in the last uh, couple of years that I'm embracing more of that right and feeling more comfortable around that but what I realized through our conversations is there's again it may even not be dysfunctional but perhaps extremes Mm. so the extreme feminine Mm. Or what your ideal or um, view of extreme feminine 
you know, it's kind of like a barometer. I, I don't, I don't really know how I'm explaining this, but the extreme feminine and then also the extreme masculine. Yeah. And where we think we should fit. Yeah. So for me, that was, you know, the hippie, the airy fairy hippie, the crystals. I love crystals. Yeah. I have them everywhere. I use them all the time. And some people will laugh at that yeah. and that's okay. <laughs> where's the scientific proof? Uh, where's the scientific proof in that? That's exactly right. But that's okay because that's just what I've learned is that that is okay and I don't need to reject mm. uh, that extreme oh, feminine role. Mm. Yeah, that I thought there was something wrong about that yeah. in the past. And what I think is interesting about that extreme feminine spirituality goddess yes. role is... Goddess, the, that's it. Yes. Um, I love the goddess energy. Like mm. I, I, and, and I see so many people doing amazing work in mm. that space. The challenge I have with it is in the same way that we've been, it feels like we've been pushing women towards being masculinized. Yeah. Um, if we just looked at feminine as goddess energy, yeah, it's we're never going to get guys to embrace that. Yes. In the mainstream. No, in the no mainstream. that's exactly right. Because it doesn't resonate with them. It's it's too. That's it's, a very niche. Yeah. Type very of niche. Yeah. <laughs> um, that will embrace that. <laughs> So there's something in the middle of this pendulum around, yes, as a society, we need to value the feminine more. Yes. Um, and it doesn't mean going to the extreme of feminine. Yes. And it means coming away from the extreme of masculine. Yeah. And there's something in that middle ground there where we swing. We're like our pendulum should swing. Like yeah. Sometimes I want to be full on feminine, sometimes I want to embrace the masculine. Yeah. Um, and so... I, and I think at the minute there's probably more license for women to do this. Yeah. Because we've seen them, we, we've seen it in the feminine. Uh, so they've got the feminine, we've seen it in the masculine. Women have embraced the masculine more because yeah. they've had to. Yes. And now they're sort of coming back a bit. Yeah, that's right. So a lot of this is also how do we open up the paths to be okay with men embracing the feminine? Absolutely. And, and a key point around that as well is even looking at, you know, doing these podcasts and, and pulling together everything. It's we want this to be for men and women, mm. for regardless of gender. Yet I would hazard a guess, guess that in a lot of instances it's going to be the women yeah. that will at least initially listen and perhaps share it. You know, so I guess the message there as well is share this with anybody that is open mm. and whether it's male or female because the more we can have this conversation with, men and women which it's harder to get to the wider uh society of men to have this conversation but that's really where we need to take this Mm -hmm. it's it's the talk of equality as well it is it's having feminist men or feminine embracing the feminine energy you know like this is that's what's going to really take this to the next level yeah it's wonderful that there's an you know i think that there's an awakening and an arising of the feminine energy which is so beautiful it's got to be for all oh, of us. Yeah. For all. It's so a, how do we get that wider, that message even further? And, you know, when movies and, and media are yeah. being so driven by masculine, it, that's a challenge. It is. Because we see the right way to win something is to be the superhero yeah. or the win the battle yes. or whatever. Where, which, um, like, if you think about where that comes from, Battles and wars and stuff, they're coming from a place of fear. Yeah. Oh, oh, good topic. Whereas, which is masculine, and we need fear to survive. Mm. Absolutely. The, um, but to thrive, we need love. Mm, absolutely. And so the, and maybe we just love the stories of, like, the hero doing something or the heroine doing something because it addresses that part of us that's fearful and therefore we can get through it or something. I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's why like we the love journey. These, yeah. Maybe that's why we <laughs> yeah, love these stories. Yeah. The, um, but it'd be really interesting to see, well, how do we write 
feminine mm. resolving stories and how do we mm. you know will, will we ever find them entertaining or I don't know yeah well yeah. that's exactly right and we don't know because we don't have, no, we don't have enough and yeah. it's starting and won't it be wonderful when we get to a point where having a woman in a lead isn't actually a point of conversation yeah. because it's just the norm yeah and equally as so when there's resolution through embracing feminine energy isn't a mm. point of topic of conversation either because it is just the way that it is and why can't we have both? I know. know. Maybe there's a place for some of the masculine and the action. Oh, you know, sometimes God, it's I also, I mean, one woman's pretty awesome. However, we need to balance we it. There needs to be more of the other as well. And I think that's, that's really the driving force mm-hmm. of what we're talking about here is starting that dialogue, Absolutely. opening up that conversation, sharing it with many, many other people. One um one person to follow, I can't believe he's on Facebook, it's hilarious, the Dalai Lama on Facebook. Yes. Because all of his stuff, uh, his posts are about how to drive outcomes through love. Through love, absolutely. And I still don't know how we're all going to do that and I don't know what it's going to take for the humans to do, but I, yeah. um, and you and I have always said we're not going to have all the answers and we're okay yeah. with that because yeah. certainty is answers. And if we just gave the answers, that means we're just closing the loop. Yeah. Whereas we'd rather like start the conversations and get yeah. things going in that space. So we're comfortable not having all the answers. That's right, um, yeah. Which is feminine energy. <laughs> and perhaps the answer isn't the point. Perhaps it is the conversation. Yeah. Perhaps it is, the, the again, the journey, but working through and exploring what that looks like because we always learn so much mm. from that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So just quickly on that as well, there are a couple of we one day uh, did a bit of a brainstorm around uh, men that really embrace feminine yes. energy. So Dalai Lama is a great example. Yes. Uh, who are some others? Nelson Mandela. Yes. Another great yeah. example. And the surrender into forgiveness that he showed. Yeah. So like the ability to forgive is a surrender. Mm. And so that's just a beautiful way. Mm. I mean, oh, kudos to him. That's, yeah, that was, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, and we know some people in our circle yes. as well. So we are hoping that they're going to be interviewees yes, on this as well. Because we'd love to get the male perspective too. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's really important. Mm. Fantastic. So I guess the key message here to end on as well is anybody that you know out there that needs to hear this message or is open to it or would like to, it's really about us creating this shift and this change. And when we go back to the initial conversation that we had here today, it's up to us to help recreate and work through this identity crisis mm. or this identity shift. Let's not get stuck on labels, yeah. but let's look at really embracing and starting those conversations. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Nikki, for joining me. It's always an absolute pleasure to have you on this podcast. You are truly our super special guest. And if you'd like to connect with Nikki and find out more about what she does, her website is evergreencoaching.com.au. And she is absolutely passionate about working with businesses to break down the stigma attached to sales. And her mission is to inspire growth and better business. She also has a Facebook page called Evergreen Coaching, where you can pop along and say hello. Thank you for listening to the Captivating Leadership Podcast with Rebecca Livesey. If you enjoyed this episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review as this helps us spread the message and keep the conversations going. 
If you'd like to find out more about Rebecca's work, go check out her website on AchieveLeadSucceed.com, where you can sign up to receive her ebook on the five C's of feminine energy and a video of Rebecca talking about leadership and feminine energy. And we've also got a Facebook group where we talk about all things leadership and culture, particularly around masculine and feminine energy. And that's called Captivating Leadership. So you're very welcome to join us there too. See you soon. Mm-hmm.